Hey friends, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me for this week's message. Today we are reflecting on Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday is the most important day of the year, the most important day of all time, when all reality changed, even though very few people knew it at the time. Today is a day we celebrate a miracle that happened, when everything that had seemed irreversible was now reversed. Today, we're going to look at some scriptures and some stories and think about how, if you believe in Jesus Christ, the most important things in your life have now been changed. I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message. The irreversible has been reversed. One of the places where we read the Easter story is in the Gospel of Mark in the New Testament of the Bible, chapter 16, verses 1 through 7, which says this. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on, the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. <clears throat> One of the most prolific Christian writers of my generation is a man named Philip Yancey. A few years ago, he wrote about some of his memories about Easter, which at first sound a little harsh, but which really drove home for him why Easter is so important. Philip Yancey's father died when he was a very young child. His mother was widowed at the age of 26, and as a single mom was trying to raise her two sons in a grim white trash housing project near Atlanta. When he was five years old, they moved to a country town called Ellenwood. They now lived on a divided dirt road with a colonnade of trees running down its center. His memories of that time were only good ones. There was the freight train that derailed, spilling mountains of bright green watermelons for them to climb on and lob at each other. 
There was the mule next door that ate all of the cucumbers from their garden. They had a mongrel dog named Buster Brown, who always managed to get himself into trouble. He was there that he learned how to ride a bike, how to read, how to throw and catch a baseball, how to climb a tree, and how to swing out over the creek on a rope. And it was there one Easter Sunday where he learned one of the most terrible words in the English language. As far back as he could remember, they had always had a dog. They were all mixed breeds and none of them lasted long. But as soon as one died or ran away, some other stray would come along and join the family for a while. But their first year in Ellenwood, they finally got a cat. It was a six-week-old kitten, solid black, except for her white boots on each of her legs. Never had so much loving attention been paid to a kitten. Philip and his brother resolved to raise her the best they knew how. She lived in a cardboard box on the screened-in porch and slept on a pillow stuffed with cedar shavings. She lived protected on that porch until finally, on Easter Sunday, their mother allowed her to run outside and play in their yard. Easter morning began with the church service where they took lots of family pictures. After church, they ran home to play with their beloved kitten. They let her out into the yard where she started to sniff the grass, bat at her first daffodil, and stalk her first butterfly. She kept them entertained until the neighbor kids came over for their Easter egg hunt. But when the other children arrived, the unthinkable happened. Their pet Boston Terrier named Pugs followed them over and spied their little kitten. He let out a growl and charged. The kids screamed and ran towards Boots. But Pugs already had the tiny kitten in her mouth and was shaking it like a sock. The kids screamed and tried to scare Pugs off. Helpless, they watched a whirl of flashing teeth and flying tufts of fur. Finally, Pugs dropped the kitten on the grass and trotted away nonchalantly. Boots had not yet died. She was mewing softly and her eyes had a look of terror. Blood was oozing from her wounds. The kids prayed silently for her and begged their parents to rush her to the vet. But one of the parents looked at her head and pointed out that her neck was broken. He said, she'll never make it. The adults shooed the kids away and for many years they didn't learn what happened next. They put boots out of her misery. The kids couldn't have articulated it at the time at their young age, but what they learned that Easter Sunday was the meaning of the ugly word, irreversible.
All afternoon, little Philip prayed for a miracle. Maybe she wouldn't really die. Or maybe she would die and come back to life. Isn't that what their Sunday school teacher had told them Jesus did? Maybe somehow the day could be erased or unwound or played over without that terrible scene. They could keep Boots forever on their screened-in porch and never let her outside again. Or they could get their neighbors to build a fence to keep their dog away. But as the days went on, the sad reality sunk in. Boots was irreversibly dead. As the years went on, they learned more and more what the word irreversible meant. They would line up turtles beside the creek and drop big rocks on them, watching their shells crack and their insides spurt out. There were fights with bullies, broken arms, hurtful comments, and the first automobile accident. All of these would drive home the meaning of the word irreversible. Many years later, as an adult, Philip developed a friendship with a man named Bob. He worked with Bob in a magazine office. Bob was the most alive person he had ever met. He would drive his Jeep to the office and show him the two baby owls he had just rescued. He would talk about the raccoons who visited his house and how he would make them crab meat omelets to eat. On warm summer evenings, he would open up his skylight and a bat would fly into his house. Bob was always such a joy to be around, and there was always some crazy adventure he was getting himself into. This was why Philip was struck so hard when he got the news that Bob had died scuba diving in Lake Michigan. It was almost inconceivable that the most alive person he had ever known was now dead. When he saw him lying in his casket in a plaid shirt, the word irreversible came flooding back. He would never ski with Bob again. Never sit with him for hours watching slides again. And never eat rattlesnake meat or buffalo burgers at his house again. <clears throat> when he got the news that Bob had died, he was reading a book called The Quest for Beauty. The author was writing about his trip to Mount Athos a peninsula of monasteries attached to Greece. One morning, he stumbled upon the celebration of the Greek Orthodox Easter. There was the smell of incense in the air, and the only light came from candles. The priest said, Christos Anesti, or Christ is risen. And everyone said, he is risen indeed. The author wrote, I was seized then by a moment of spiritual reality. 
What would it mean for our world if he had truly risen? That was the question running through Philip's mind when he got the word that Bob had died. What does it mean for our world that Christ has risen? The early Christians had staked everything on the resurrection, so much so that when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 15, 14, he said, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. In a cloud of grief over his friend Bob's life, he began to see the meaning of Easter in a new light. As a five-year-old on Easter Sunday, he had learned the hard lesson of irreversibility. But now, as an adult, he saw that Easter was actually about reversibility. Nothing, no act of childhood cruelty, no experience of shame or remorse, not even death, is final. Even death can be reversed. On Good Friday, Jesus' closest friends had let the relentless crush of history snuff out all of their dreams. Two days later, when the crazy rumors about Jesus' missing body shot through Jerusalem, they couldn't dare to believe. They were stuck in the word irreversible. Only personal appearances by Jesus convinced them that something new had happened. Something different had taken place. Something strange had broken out on earth. And when that sunk in, the same people who had slunk away in fear at Calvary were soon preaching fearlessly to large crowds in the streets of Jerusalem and beyond. In the same way that we grieve when our loved ones die, the disciples were grieving when Jesus died. But on Sunday, they caught a glimpse of something else, a startling clue to the riddle of the universe. Easter sings a new song of hope and faith that what God did in a graveyard in Jerusalem, he can and will repeat on a grand scale. The message of Easter is that the irreversible has now been reversed. It is being reversed and it will be reversed. When C.S. Lewis wrote his series of books on Narnia, he ended the book, The Last Battle, with Aslan the Lion saying these words. The life you used to live in the Shadowlands is now dead. That term is over. The holidays have begun. The dream is ended. This is the morning. The things that happened next were so great and beautiful, they cannot be written about. They lived happily ever after. Their former life had only been the cover of the book and the title page to the story. 
Now they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. The miracle of Easter is that Jesus was really dead, but he really did come back to life again. So now all who believe in him will do the same. His power has broken the spell of the curse that hangs over our world. The irreversible has been reversed. And our life in this world is only just the cover of the book and the title of the story. And when we move on to the next life, we will begin chapter one of the greatest story ever told, in which every chapter is better than the one before. God bless. Stay safe. Happy Easter.